Hello, and welcome to a Friday edition of The Little Red Bandwagon, the meta podcast that is definitely too beautiful to live. I'm your host, Christy, here in the 10710 studios in smoky Linwood, Washington. On Mondays, we recap TBTL, and on Fridays, we gotta get down and keep you guessing. Today, I'm excited about today's clip and about the guest, so I'm gonna stop talking and bring on my sixth favorite LRB host, Bobby Pape. Sixth favorite? (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's Meredith and Anne and Mike and... There, we bring in some some other people sometimes, and then there's Phyllis, and you know you're in there, <laughs> top ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm somewhere after after everybody's pets. <laughs> <laughs> the LRB pets first, and then yeah, I'm top ten. Thanks, Christy. Thank you yeah. very much. Good you evening. That, Thank you. Put that on your on your LinkedIn. I'll endorse it. <laughs> Welcome, Bobby from Podtucket. <laughs> That's right. Good evening, yeah. Christy. Good evening. And I'm really excited to talk to our next guest coming to you from the underground poker capital of the world, Gresham Morgan, <laughs> my favorite Jeremy, Jeremy Hour. Hello, Jeremy. Hi, Christy. Hi, Bobby. I'm so excited to finally be talking to you. Yeah, it's it's weird. I feel like we've talked to we've known each other for a while. but This is like the first time we've actually talked to each other. Yeah, Jeremy is a all a gold star archivist. How yeah, many I, have you done? Do you know? Oh, geez. Um, I should have done the research. <laughs> yeah, I should have looked this up too. Um, my guess would be the ballpark at around eleven or twelve weeks. I think um, so. Thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. All right, so today we're gonna do the normal. Get to know Jeremy very excited do a clip that he picked out which we're all really excited about and i'm really going to tell everyone that you have to go back and listen to the whole show because it's so oh, great you have to. it's <laughs> yeah, it so, great. so great um and uh of course we'll tell put him through his 10 interview do some housekeeping and then get out of here so bobby you stalked jeremy that's right i'm i played the role of mike frizzell and I frizzled you to the best of my abilities. Uh, Jeremy, <laughs> so I see uh, you're in Oregon now in the underground poker capital of the world. But you're, did I see originally from Bellingham, the Bay City? Yes. Um, so I've, I've kind of been all over Washington State. But uh, I was originally born in Bellingham and I still have a lot of family up there. And then... Uh, when I was about three or so, um, we moved down to Seattle, and I uh, spent a good chunk of my youth and adolescence in the Seattle, and then eventually into Bellevue. So, Greater Seattle area is really what I call home. And Jeremy, where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Interlake High School. Oh, okay. Which, um, yeah, actually, it's uh, right in the uh, same neighborhood that uh, Mike was in. Yep. Um, before he wound up at uh, Eastside Catholic. Yeah, he would have gone to Interlake. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really great school now. It's we've got a uh, we had or we have um, a great bunch of uh, really great academic programs. Um, it's consistently rated in the top ten uh, schools in the U.S. Awesome. Yeah, I saw after that um, you became a cougar. 
and Mike's not here to shit on you about it. So I'll just be polite and say, did I see it's landscape architecture? That's what your degree is in? Yeah, um, I have a bachelor's in landscape architecture from WSU. Go Cougs! Tell us about that cheese. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. It's amazing, it is right? so, so good. It's it's creamy and sharp and delicious. And oh, I, I've got to stop talking because my mouth is literally <laughs> drooling right now. Yeah. Um, I was in but, Spokane last weekend and we went to a place where everything had cougar gold cheese on it. It was oh, it was heaven. It is so good. Um, one of my friends from college does a three cougar gold cheese uh, mac and cheese with three different varieties, and it's what? ridiculously expensive to make, but it right. was delicious. Sounds like it's worth it. Yes, totally I chip worth in on it. That. We got to find out a way to get the question. Tell us about that cheese into the regular <laughs> tens question. Yes. <laughs> I like that. So um, I, I'm just curious because I did a little more Googling and I even peeked at your LinkedIn profile, which you'll get an alert about in two or three days. So that'll be fun. Um, why Atlantic landscape architecture? What drove you to that? Uh, so it's it's a really uh, – it's kind of a weird story. I kind of fell backwards into it. Um uh, going back to high school, actually, uh, I wound up in a horticulture program at Interlake. Um, and from that, I was exposed to landscape architecture. Um, I've always been kind of a creative person. Um, growing up, I thought I wanted to be an artist or um, who knows what else. Uh, but I've also really had a love for science. Um, and landscape architecture really marries those two. It's a way of sort of designing with the thoughts of an engineer and a biologist at the same time. And uh, once I kind of saw what you could do with landscape architecture beyond, you know, just designing a backyard or someone's streetscaping, it really kind of struck me that this is what I wanted to do. That's great. Um, I do find it a little ironic that you fell backwards into something <laughs> when good landscape architecture would probably keep you from falling backwards into anything. <laughs> Nope, that, that, that's very true. A good landscape <laughs> architect would keep you from falling into just about anything. So that is a little ironic. So, you know, work on that for future generations of landscape architects. Um, I have more questions. Something else I noticed when um, even just a cursory glance at your Facebook page, which is your Facebook page handle, which is Helvetica period carabiner. <laughs> which is a great font for airport signs followed by the thing I use to hang my laptop bag under the bar on Wednesday nights at the place where I host trivia. How did these two things come together into your name? <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, so just for a point of reference, I'm 23 now. So just about, Everything that my internet presence has ever touched was set up when I was a teenager, um, <laughs> which really led to some interesting decisions. Um, I was looking for something that would sound cool and be memorable and also kind of seem like designy and smart, but also not like too smart. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um 
And after really playing around in uh, the Gmail setup window for a while, uh, I found Helvetica Carabiner wasn't taken at all. And I thought, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And I like Helvetica font. And let's do it. So I got the email. And then I set up all my social media with that. And then before I knew it had showed up everywhere. And now that's kind of what my internet footprint is it's helvetica carabiner for better or for worse i'm so glad you didn't have a fondness for comic sans (laughs) oh that could have turned out so much worse you're right you are so right (laughs) but i i think this kind of describes your personality right i'm outdoorsy but i also am designing i'm pretty smart so like that you nailed it at 13 or 12 or whatever it's <laughs> legally allowed to have an email address. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I guess I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, it's, that's pretty, pretty good for yeah. a 13 year old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no Calibri Piton, which I'm going to go register as soon as we're done recording here, but <laughs> it's pretty good. I'll take it. Uh, next, I found, in the about section of your Facebook page, uh, this is a good lesson for future generations of, of LRB guests. If there are things you don't want us to find, just delete them off your Facebook page by about a day before the interview, and you'll probably be fine. <laughs> um, I found Eat at Jay's, which appears to be a Tumblr, which would make me think that you own a bakery, except, I don't know, do you own a bakery? Um, I do not. Because <laughs> it's pretty delicious. I mean, uh, Christy will tell you the only thing that Tumblr is good for is porn. But- right. I didn't know you could put anything else on it. I'm not joking. I I just found out by looking at your Tumblr that it was used for other things. <laughs> well, it's food porn, so it's still you right. know kind I'm, of. I'm still enjoying it. Close, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, one of my friends got me onto Tumblr. Um, and I have a main Tumblr that I've kept firewalled from my Facebook page precisely for this reason, um, but, uh, I can't remember why, but I decided to link Eden J's, uh, there, which is a side blog, um, that I basically use as a recipe book at this point. Um, I don't think anyone really follows it, but it's useful for me. It's a good organizational tool, um, and it lets me kind of throw everything in one place, so if I get the hankering to bake or to cook something, I can look there and say, oh, this looks really good. Let me pull that out of the hat. Fair enough. Uh, expect it to get the LRB bump after this. So <laughs> eat All uh, right. at Jay's. Uh, maybe I'll even put the link in the show notes just to let everyone come see. And I, there was some really good looking stuff there. I mean, I, if I wasn't such a lazy ass, I, I might actually go try to make some of those things. Uh, and if you're like Christine, you need a break from beefcake. <laughs> you can go see. I'm going to add it in the feed, and then so <laughs> you like go see regular cake. Right. Uh, I uh. think I was going to ask you about your job, but I think we should actually hold off on that because it's going to be relevant to our interests after the clip. So I think that I'll do mm. it for me for now, and we'll get into that more later. But for now, it's probably time for Christy to take you through your paces as a ten. Are you All ready right. for this? I'm ready. Okay. How did you find CBTL? 
so I was actually introduced to TBTL by my stepmom of all people. Um, she had been a longtime Cairo radio listener. Um, she always had it on in the car for one reason or another. And one night I came downstairs and she was listening to TBTL and I was like, oh, what's this? And she's like, it's too beautiful to live. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, what does that mean? She's like, it's too beautiful to live. It's a show. I'm like, okay, what's it about? And you can see where this is going. She didn't have a good answer because there is not really a good answer. Right. <laughs> um, so she said, oh, you just have to go listen to it. Um, and at the time, it was uh, good timing because I uh, was taking the bus just about everywhere. Um, I had uh, I, my parents divorced at this were divorced by this point. So depending on which week, um, I had up to an hour commute after uh, school to get home. So I was looking for really just any form of audio project to listen to. Um, so she told me, oh, it's hosted by this guy, Luke Burbank. He's on TBTL, or uh, not TBTL, wait, wait, don't tell me all the time. Um, you should check it out. Um, so I downloaded a couple episodes, put it on my iPod. Um, I think it might have been a first-generation iPod. Um, and I was off to the races. Uh, is awesome. So what's funny is that you are not like you have an android phone you're not on a mac but you didn't have a zune where you could listen to it live on cairo like i did um no it was (laughs) i uh at that point in my life i was basically just getting hand-me-down tech from all my Mm. parents um so it was someone i forget who had upgraded to a new version of the ipod so i got the old one um and uh, I was still downloading episodes every night and dropping them on there and then listening on the bus as I rode places. Yeah, remember how many steps it used to take to have to get to have to get shows? <laughs> oh my god, you had to go to the RSS feed and link it and then go through iTunes and it was a whole process to sync it and then if you did it wrong it overwrote everything and then nothing <laughs> was on your iPod except for the show. Right. And it was then, a pain. Because we're at, in the same time zone as them, it sometimes wouldn't be up until, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I mean, not complaining, but, you know, <laughs> people on right. the East Coast would wake up to it every morning and we'd just be like, okay, let's see. And that was crazy. So you listen, you would listen on, would you listen on the radio sometimes too? Uh, on occasion I would, but most of the time it'd be like on while I was trying to do homework and get ready for bed because, you know, I was... Like a kid, <laughs> a kid. I was like sixteen when this was happening, so um, I was almost always a day or two behind uh, time bending um, because, like, just logistically, I couldn't really listen to it live. Because I wonder how many people in the Seattle area would listen to it on the radio and then also like race to to listen to it as a podcast the next day. Because I did. Because I would same with you. It would be on in the background. You're driving someplace. You miss like whole things and then you get it without the commercials. So I'd be interested to see how many people did that. Yeah, that would be interesting to find out. Um that's definitely something that from my experience was kind of a thing to do. I remember the downloading iPod days. I I started out that way too. Um and having to get up and make sure I did it every morning before I left for the day. So I'd have to get up 15 minutes earlier, probably just finish screwing around, <laughs> getting my laptop iTunes to sync and then carrying it over. 
those were the bad old days. I'm so glad we made it through all that. I know. Uh, all right. What was your first episode? Uh, so as far as I can remember, the first episode, and I think this has been a clip on LRB before, but it's the Ross Dress for Less episode <laughs> with, um, Classic. uh, yeah, it's, it's a great one. If you haven't heard it, you should definitely go back and listen to it. Um, but I don't know if this was actually like listening to it at the time or if it was one of the. Uh, Jen curated best of episodes, um, but going back, that's definitely kind of the first episode that sticks out in my mind. It's definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. What episode turned you into a ten? Uh, so, like for most people, it's kind of a gradual process. Like it, there wasn't like an episode that really made me think, "Oh, this is this is something that I am now. I am a 10. Um, but what I remember happening is uh, when the show actually got canceled from Cairo. Um, and of course, I'm still time banditing. I'm still like a solid day behind the podcast, the live radio. Um, so I come home one day and my stepmom's like, oh, you have to listen to TBL. There's a big announcement. I'm like, what? What's happening? Um, and at the time, you kind of knew something was going on. Um, at least I had the sense. So I listened to this episode and I'm like really upset about like, oh, my God, that's going off the air. Why? Why would they do this? And my mom just kind of took this stance of, well, you time bad in anyway. This is still a podcast. What's the big deal? And there was something in my brain that clicked like, oh, she doesn't think about this the same way I do. Like, this is a much bigger part, much bigger deal for me than it is for her. Oh, and that was kind of like when I started thinking to myself as a 10, like this was a big part of my life. This was a big event for me. So maybe I really should think about myself as more than just a listener. Um, so have you ever been to any live events? Uh, I have not. Um, I, I've tried to make it out a couple times, but it's just never really worked for me to make it to any of them. Well, especially when you were in school, right? Right, right, right. It'd be like on a weeknight or it'd be an over yeah. 21 event. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still That's a kid. a long so. drive from Pullman. A long, miserable drive <laughs> to make it for the picnic <laughs> one day. Right. Yeah. And especially the last four years when I was in college, uh, WSU is on an agricultural school cycle. So they start classes in August. So it'd always be like the week I go back is the week of the picnic. Uh, all right have you had any tbtl appearances uh i haven't been on live i had i've actually had a couple emails read um for some reason i don't know if this is just what i write in about or if this is what they've actually read um it's always been like a weird sciencey thing um I remember Luke was having an issue with his washing machine smelling weird, and I wrote in talking about the science behind laundry detergents. Um, I think most notably uh, when Andrew was in L.A. having the dispute with his landlord about smoking, um, I was the one who drew up the diagram showing how airflow could actually pull smoke down. And I know that was kind of a mixed response, um, because really that was a story that didn't need extending. But hey, it's my claim to fame, so... No, that's awesome. I loved that. Because you were like, actually, (laughs) you science explained him for sure. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, what what was the reasoning for the stinky washer? Oh, so um, modern laundry detergents are actually um, based around uh, organic enzymes, uh, the same sort of things that are in our digestive system that uh, are really effective at breaking down food stains and clothes, which is one of the major things that we worry about in our modern society. Um, so when you've got sort of essentially proteins in water pooling, it's not just soap and water. You've actually got some bioactive stuff in there that uh, bacteria can feed off of and cause more of a stinky issue than you think of soap and water causing. Interesting. Um, what is your favorite drop? Um, I'm a huge fan of the classics and I love a lot of drops, but my favorite is, uh, um, the old lady calling in talking about the guy punching on the bag, the, it doesn't bother me. I kind of like it. <laughs> I love that. I love the whole extended one too. Such uh, a the good extended one. one is great. And especially like, when you get the whole story behind it and like, it's That's great so in isolation, sweet. but it's so sweet altogether. I know. I want her to be my neighbor. She's like the perfect neighbor, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I only say maybe to that because <laughs> we have um, we have a neighbor who I think would be that neighbor, but a guy. Um, he is like in his nineties, and he's a war veteran. And the first time I met him, I had headphones on, and I was spraying down our tent that I had strung up to wash because I had gotten dirty last time we were camping. He snuck up behind me very slowly and then scared the crap out of me and I almost sprayed him over with the hose and killed him <laughs> and then he proceeded to talk my ear off for an hour standing in the yard showing me his battle scars oh no literally oh, so geez. I feel like that's the kind of person you want to meet in small doses <laughs> yeah I mean she's awesome but you're going to have to mow her lawn right right and she's going to bring you baked goods that Maybe leaves out the sugar half yeah. the time, and you'll probably find her dead. Like, but in the meantime, she'll leave you really cute voicemails. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, why does TBTL matter to you? So the one thing, and this is pretty common if you've listened to the show before, but TBTL, why it matters to me, is really about the community that the tents have built around it. Um, I'm a Personally, I'm a pretty introverted person and I can be pretty socially anxious at times. Um, but having TBTL is this common touchstone and having that Stens community, the TENS community, um, kind of really helps me feel connected um, in a way that you just don't really get out of most content of really any kind. That's a really good answer. Now you need to just come to an event we've got a picnic coming up <laughs> and you live so close yeah I, um i was trying to figure out a way to make it up to the picnic um i couldn't get the time off of work but that's Aww. definitely something like next event i'm gonna do my best is to be there okay okay if you can get away from the um underground poker for a day and leave gresham behind well, of course, that goes without saying. <laughs> All right, let's get to this tape because it is so amazing. 
that I just want to jump to it right now. So this tape comes to us from uh, September 13th, 2013. Lynn Shelton is in the studio, fresh from driving Luke's car, the Howard 100. <laughs> so let's listen to that <laughs> clip right now. Uh, so I, I said at the open of the show that I wanted to roll out a new segment called Was That Rude? And it's because a lot of times – and by the way, I will – happily deploy the um, Stephanie Tanner sound effect one more time, although that makes it really it makes it really seamless when I have to stall like that because I didn't have the right a knob turned. Oh, um, how very rude. There we go. The question of if something was rude often comes up in my mind when I'm having an interaction with someone. As you guys can see, I have this salad here because <laughs> I went down to a local joint in my neighborhood down in Columbia City, and I got a salad uh, for lunch. Um and the lady had uh, – and she was a young gal. She had rung through the salad and the I, and a salad also for Carrie. And then I realized afterwards, I'm kind of thirsty. And then I said, oh, can I actually get a soda too? Can you add a soda on? And she goes – and she's already run the card. I've already – and I tipped her, which raises a whole other question. Is tipping when you're picking up? I think you should. Yeah. You don't – I don't tip 20% because it's not that involved. But it's like they had to put it in the thing and there's the materials and all that. If there's a tipping place, just tip. Yeah, so I kick him a couple bucks. I feel like that puts me probably in the – like that makes me already not a super jerk, right? Like I tipped on a takeout order. You've banked a little bit. Of I would hope. Karma, yeah. And this gal says to me – I said, oh, yeah, oh, I forgot. Can I get a soda? And I'm expecting her to say, oh, yeah, sure. And then she just – you know, and, and then she just adds it like whatever. We'll get it next time, you know. Side note, soda costs like negative 20 cents. To make. Costs them more to refrigerate it. Soda is the che- – it's water and syrup that's in a disgusting bladder-like thing somewhere hidden under the counter, right? Like a sugary whatever. So I just – people so often just throw soda in. I mean bars give you a free soda if you announce you're the designated driver, right? I mean restaurants. Think about it. Fast food restaurants, <laughs> they don't even monitor the soda. They put the soda out with us. They're like, have at it. You know what I mean? She like threw a huge fit. No, I didn't throw a fit at all, but I was just kind of – she was like, okay, but I'm, you're going to have to pay for the soda. And I was like, okay, so I get my card back. I didn't have any cash on me. I get my card back. And at some point, I'm expecting her to go, you know what? I'll throw it in. <laughs> it's like – that's like saying I'm going to have to charge you for the napkins. She knows that you do this scam all the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she can exactly right. spot you my Do way. you know how many thousands of dollars I will save over the lifetime <laughs> with my patented soda scam? <laughs> You have a giant bladder in your basement where you just keep pouring the know, soda. Someday you're going to have a giant, giant bladder. Hey, would soda. anyone like a soda, by the way? I can go downstairs and fetch, <laughs> fetch somebody one. A little flat. Um, I just and – I, and I just felt like th- – now, this is the thing I talk about with my therapist often is that I never do anything – I have a really hard time doing something thoughtful without then expecting something in return. <laughs> so because I tipped her, I figured I was in. Like what I have to learn how to do is do nice things and not – expect something in return because that's not why you do nice things. You do nice things because that's what you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. You'd be a little more Mother Teresa. A little but because less. I tipped her, I was like, I'm going to probably get the soda for free, right? <laughs> then the soda was two forty nine. Whoa. That's why she didn't want to give it to you. Two forty nine for a soda. super gulp? No, it was in a coffee cup because wow. they don't really have proper to-go cups. <laughs> it was in a cup that was meant for a like the largest coffee they serve, which would have been like a – a grande sized coffee. Was it like an arancciata or something? Was no, it, like it was a, really a fancy... goddamn Diet Coke. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. But so the question How good was is the salad, by the way. Like, are you going back to this place? Yes. Okay. I like this place. It's okay. called Geraldine's and it's actually awesome. Oh, um, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah I, I love everything about it. And you know what? Everybody there is really nice, typically. But my question is Is that rude of her to not just go, like, here you go, buddy? No. No, not rude. I don't 
don't think so. I mean, she might have gotten in trouble. You mm-hmm. know, like she probably didn't own the place. Right? No, she didn't. Yeah, look we like don't. Geraldine. She didn't look like a Geraldine to me. Yeah. We don't know how much agency she has in it, but mm-hmm. I do think that presentation is a thing. Like if I'm if I'm her and I can't do that, but I want to, I would say something like, "Oh, I'd love to throw it in. I'm really sorry, uh-huh. but, but I can't." Yeah, you but know? she's she's not a people pleaser like we are. Like, yeah, she that's exactly care right. What mm-hmm. we think, and she was totally nice. It, here's the thing: she wasn't yeah. rude. Her demeanor wasn't in any way negative. She said, "Oh, well, you have a great day." When she was done, she was just a person who lives in a world of rules and I, that sounds like i'm saying that as a criticism i just mean she is a person who respects so she doesn't have the approach i had when i worked at dick's drive-in where i made up the prices yeah, because i didn't dick's know probably <laughs> did actually charge like 75 cents or something i mean if you think about a small business like geraldine's and uh a two dollar and 49 cent like that's a, probably a huge <laughs> Right. That's it probably is. how they make all their That's money right. exactly. because they spend exactly. 10 cents on the actual – so she knows yeah. she's going to be you – know. It's a big part of how they are keeping the lights on, which is a good thing because it's an awesome neighborhood joint, and I right. support them uh, very much. What the were you salad say, is skate? the loss leader is what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. The salad is delicious, and I'm going to continue to eat this salad for probably the next day or two because it's – I've already eaten there – was, there was more than twice that much salad when I started. I thought when you brought up this whole segment idea and you brought out the salad, you were going to start eating the salad is and then ask rude? us, is this rude? It's actually a great question. Let's do an experiment. Let's do an on-air experiment. Uh, so Andrew and I, because you're eating in front of us. Is this rude? And or for the audience. Yeah, I think it's a little rude for the audience chewing, as well. Probably – for them, even. Can I can I can I tell a story, Luke? Absolutely. You just, just go ahead and eat that. So I'm in the airport the other day. I was flying back from New Orleans, and we had to go. I was telling you on the show already, Luke. We had a, a a wedding the night before, and then a really early flight. So me and my girlfriend were on like hardly any sleep at all, and um, layover in Chicago. And we're in Chicago, I'm starting to get kind of awake now, but whatever. And I'm walking around like it's one of those things. I'm just in a haze. I've got no sleep. I haven't eaten anything. I I just I want to put I want to put something in my face, but I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? I'm hungry. I'm empty. My, I'm soul dead. And I just <laughs> this sounds like it's really <laughs> yeah like goes much further soul. than than like a food issue. This sounds like oh, yeah. a real. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know what I want to do with my life. No. Um, so I, I'm just kind of wandering around in a haze, and then I'm finally like, you know, I think I saw. Yeah, there are little some pecans or something. I was like, yeah, that's just what I'm going to get. I'm not going to get some stupid fast food thing. So I go into like the little magazine bookstore with the snacks or whatever, get my orange juice and my pecans or whatever it was. And the lady behind the counter takes kind of – she's rearranging something and it takes her forever to come o- over and, and check me out, right? And it's a uh, – and it's not a big deal for me. I'm just like, whatever. I got nowhere to be. Long layover. I'll be cool about this. And then she finally comes over and she rings me up and then she says, and I quote, that. And I said, what? what? I'm sorry. And she said, that. And now I'm embarrassed. I really don't hear that well anyway. And I'm kind of getting to be like an old man. I don't want to like keep on asking this young woman, what did you say like 15 times? But I, finally I say again, I'm like, I'm sorry, one more time. And she looks oh, at me. She looks at me like I was the biggest a-hole in the world. And she says, never mind. What? And she rolls her eyes at me. Wow. Like I insulted who, her. This is the woman who worked at Yeah, she's the, checking like, me out. She's at the like Hudson my... News or whatever? Yeah. And, oh, you know what? They weren't pecans. They were butter, uh, peanut butter crackers. Uh, it was important to correct the record on that. Um, and then, yeah, so because I'd give that a medium on the health. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's like, a little bit more. And I the know. orange juice, too. To the orange juice is just packed with carbs. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't want to. I knew it wasn't pecans because I could never find pecans. I couldn't think of what it was. Like I said, it was in the funniest place. Um, anyway, so then she she says, "Never mind," and she rolls her eyes at me. And then no. I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of like, I'm actually kind of in a more tranquil place because my brain isn't fully operating. But I, I just kind of stared at her for a while, and then I was like. What did you say? <laughs> Which is very unlikely. I'm not very wow. confrontational, although I keep saying that on the show. I, I think I'm getting more and you more almost confrontational. Always, you almost always start a story about a confrontation you I had know. with the statement, it's not I'm not true anymore. You know, like, I'm going to start saying, I used to not be confrontational. Yeah. I'm <laughs> getting go. more confrontational. I was just like, what did you say? And then she looks at me and she says, I said... Never mind. Whoa! And wow. then suddenly, now I'm like, I felt this like is like a this is like a, a spaghetti western. <laughs> yes, or it's like that horrible ABC show we were talking about yesterday. Like, am I on camera? Yeah. Did John? Here? Did John <laughs> Quinones come out from behind? A right. Exactly. How are you going to react? Line of shitty T-shirts about Chicago. <laughs> what would you do? Punked. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and so then and I think I just said one more. I, and she said, I said, never mind. She, and then she mumbles, you know, I said it twice. You couldn't hear me, so never mind. And then I just found that I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't hear too well. And I just kind of said it in that tone of voice, not really with an edge in it, but also not like I was liking her very much. <clears throat> and then and then when I said, I don't hear too well, maybe she felt bad for a second. And then she was just kind of like, I said, do you want anything else? And then she just kind of like shoved my money into my hand and kind of pushed me away. And I kind of, I mean, th- maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know what I mean? Pushed money into the hand the way of like, we are done here. And, and automatically kind of reaches around me to uh, deal with the person behind me. And I just kind of walked away in this haze. I think I even was a little bit shaky. I was just kind of like... I, that was so rude. It was that was that was rude, that was right? definitely rude. How very rude. Did she know. charge you for the soda? Um, you for for the order? Of, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna go. Weirdly, back to she Chicago. gave you the OJ for free. So <laughs> yeah, it was totally exactly. worth it. Anyway, that what was do you rude. do in that situation, though? I mean, I guess you just the mature thing is you just say, "Well, that's how that person's." The mature that's how that thing person's is living. to realize that you're not in an airport yes. with that job. Right? Exactly. You're not working at the nuts on Clark in O'Hare. <laughs> and that's, that's you know I'll tell you something about that O'Hare airport though because I go to O'Hare all the time for wait wait don't tell me and there is a sunglass like hut there mm-hmm. that has the these gals that work there are amazing because I bought some sunglasses there once and they didn't fit exactly right and they she heated them up you know the, if you yeah. buy like if you buy like kind of nice sunglasses they'll they'll actually fit them a little bit more to your head. They have this, this special weird weird heating element that wow. will heat up the plastic. I'm sure lots of optometrists. Yeah, is it sand or they kind of put in that hot sand stuff? Uh, no, not this one, but yeah. but so I bought so what happened was I bought some sunglasses in Italy when I was in Italy a couple like almost a couple years ago now. And I love them, but they don't fit right. They need to be adjusted a little bit. And I took them to like a fancy sunglasses place in Seattle and they supposedly fixed them and they didn't. And so it's called Geraldine's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and so anyway, the point is, I, I bought a different pair of sunglasses at this place in the O'Hare Airport, and the lady was like, "Oh, those don't quite fit. Let me." And she did something, and they're like the best fitting sunglasses. So now, every time I go to Chicago, I bring the this other pair of sunglasses to go to this part of O'Hare <laughs> to get this lady to fix them. But she's never working there. It's some other lady, and I'm like, I don't know if the other lady knows how to do it. It's like the perfect phlebotomist who can't even, <laughs> you can't even feel the needle yes. go in. You uh, know? I have to have her. Yes, no, only I know. her. Also works at O'Hare Airport, weirdly. Weirdly. In the nuts on Clark. Do you know that I, you know, you, you mentioned, Lynn, you know, 
you just got to remember, put yourself in that place or, you know, just you remember you don't have that job there. And and that is usually where, that's where my brain automatically does go. And it was like, then we board and I'm sitting there on the plane. I was still kind of like thinking about it. And then it could be, yeah. uh-oh, nope, you're losing this. If you're still thinking about right. this, this is your problem now because <laughs> right. she's not thinking about this. Like, give it up. It doesn't matter. Like, she just is having a crabby day and that happened and it means nothing in the grand scheme of things. And I was very easily like kind of put into a better place. But regarding working in the airport, it's interesting that you say that because – I always think like when everything else kind of stops working for me and I have to find another job sometime, like if I move to a city and I'm looking for an entry-level job, I think airport is the first place I'm going to go. I'm fascinated by airports. No, that's the worst place to I work. I know that it's really hard and, and, and that you know it's not the best job in the world, but if you have to kind of take an entry-level job somewhere, like I'm, you know I'm always preparing for when I bottom that, out. I, always, I have that little – yeah, I have that like um, – that and not entry level, but just yeah, that that backup plan right, job. Yeah, and For yours. Me, is, but yeah, what's yours? It's, it's being a grocery checkout person at PCC specifically. <laughs> PCC, really? Which is in Seattle. There, yeah. There's a chain of Puget consumer co-ops. There's like nine of them in the Seattle area. And uh, yeah, I don't know. For some it's reason, owned by I Exxon. Find it, it's like, well, I could always. Nobody knows that. Work here. Although recently, I've been realizing. I probably they probably wouldn't hire me. I probably couldn't work here. You know, I probably would never get a job here. It's probably really hard to get a job here. But I think I that's the same thing too. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I look yeah. at those jobs. I'm like, oh yeah, skill. I could. I don't know. Could they train me to wave so those orange wands? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I was. I, I'm, I now I can't remember the specific example, but I was somewhere, and it was like the person who was. I don't know if they were waiting tables or. It wasn't waiting tables. There were there were somewhere where I was that somebody was doing a job that I know is not a job you get paid a ton of money for, and it was, it, I could just tell, easily twelve times as complicated as anything I do. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. And this was a job like waiting tables isn't even a good example because you can actually make some decent dough waiting tables at the right place. This was something else where I knew that this person probably made twelve dollars an hour. And I was like, I could never, ever in a million years. And they were really you good were at their job. I, it's not an interesting story without the specifics of what they were doing. But I just had that thought, like, I'm so lucky that for whatever reason, this is apparently a thing, talking into this microphone. Mm-hmm. Or for you, Lynn, yeah. you know, telling your stories. Yeah. I Well, you remind me that um, – and I have gone back to this again and again when I feel um, – like I don't have a, I need a confidence booster when I have to learn something new. I'm going to a new situation, and I think I've never been there. I've never done that kind of thing before. How am I going to learn how to do it? And I go back to the very first job I had, which was at Kid Valley. I was 16 years old, <laughs> um, and they didn't. It was before they had any air conditioning in the back where we all worked, and it got really freaking hot. It was like 120 degrees over the grill, and they worked you up. You started with like making shakes and cooking the bacon, and then you moved on mm-hmm. to like fryer. Which Kid Valley and- was it? It was the it was the original one, which is right near U Village. Right, I know that one. Yeah, it's like a huge like salad bar and stuff. At it, it's like a massive Kid Valley. Operation. No, it's teensy. It's teensy weensy. It's like on twenty fifth and fifty fifth. You You're know talking about one? the one that's by like across the street from the playfields. Yeah, did they expand? No, 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 not the Ravenna one. The one over. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. The tiny. I'm sorry. The one by the Duchess. Yeah, exactly. Down the street from the Duchess. Duchess. Yeah, cavalry. By the way, uh, that's uh, two minutes of your life you'll never get back. Exactly. Sorry. I'm just never able to get on the same page. Luke Burbank wanted to cross-examine Lynn (laughs) Shelton not about her film that debuts this week, (laughs) Touchy Feely, but about which location of hamburger shop she was working. I'm sorry. So okay. So there's there's you know we're all high school kids and but when I started working there was my first job I was extremely intimidated when they bought and when they actually hired me I remember thinking. Are they crazy? Like, I don't know how to do any of this stuff. How, you know, I'm going to, I'm obviously not going to be a good employee, but I was amazed that, oh, I'm learning everything Mm -hmm. I have to do and I'd be quite competent. And then the pinnacle of my career there was at the end of the summer, I was one of two 
uh, only two employees who could actually work a rush at the grill. You know, so I was. Mm. You have to keep track of. You have the full grill. I remember, you know, and without burning the buns and keeping track of who has the double bacon cheeseburger and who has just the cheeseburger and who has just the hamburger without over undercooking anything. It's it was like it was like this crazy you get into this whole zone, this crazy it was one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. And in fact, most of the people who worked there, twenty other kids, couldn't do it, you know? And there was I still remember that incredible sense of accomplishment when they would say, call on Shelton, you know, we got to get Shelton up to the grill, you know, and then I when I come ever since decades later, you know, if I, if I come upon some, like you're directing, thing. for instance, an episode of Mad Men, which you <laughs> exactly. have done. And I'm like, I've never worked on a soundstage before with the union crew in LA and, and, and John Hamm like, will remember you were able to, and handling John Hamm. Ha ha. And then, um, and then I realized, uh, and then I go back and think about how I could if I could work a rush on the grill at Kid Valley, then I can do anything. I have a story of um, whatever the opposite of your triumph was, which is I worked at Dick's Drive-In when I was in high school, the one on Lake City. and Also very prestigious. And there is a big parade, or there used to be, called Pioneer Days in Lake City. And that was the, that was the weekend that everyone talked about, or at least that day, the Saturday of Pioneer Days. That was like... The big money day. That was for and just the crazy line, like like oh, a. Yeah. I mean, like lines. I mean, that thing always had the place always has a line, but it was like a line out to the street, and everybody would talk about it. it the people who'd been through it before, they would talk about it like they had like landed on Omaha <laughs> Beach, like Pioneer <laughs> Days, oh, man. God, man, Pioneer Days, and everyone was just like, "Yeah, well, you wait till Pioneer Days." <laughs> everybody was talking about Pioneer Days, and you and, were at Pioneer Day. Were you in the shit? Yeah, exactly. Oh man, yeah. Pi- <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> Pioneer Days. Sometimes if you're getting on a plane and you let them know that you worked Pioneer Days, they'll let you board first and right, people right. applaud. People applaud. Thank so, you for your service. So uh, like I worked, at, you know, I worked there for like three months, the summer break between my um, sophomore and junior year. And Pioneer Days was like in late August. It was like right at the end. And as Pioneer Days approached, I looked at my shift and I was like, what is this H next to my name on my shift? What? On Pioneer Days, what is what am I H? What's H? And then my boss said, "Oh, um, that's the Holman Road store. We're transferring you <laughs> for Pioneer Days." Oh, wow. Burn. So, so I didn't. Now this is what a lazy bastard I am. I didn't even understand how insulting it was. I was like, "Sweet, I don't have to deal with Pioneer <laughs> yeah, right. Days." You didn't get tips. There was no like. You just had to work harder if you right. were Pioneer yeah, Days. And I was so not an achiever that I wasn't like. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's, you know, it was like I got, you know, a deferment. I got a Just deferment. That bullet, yeah. And then, that so, that, one. so then I'm at the Holman Road store on Pioneer Days, and there's like no one. It's the deadest it's ever been. Because <laughs> they're all over. Because they're all over Lake City <laughs> at Pioneer Days. Um. It's an entire solid segment with Lynn Shelton that had nothing to do with any of her upcoming projects. <laughs> <laughs> and it's even more amazing to think that this is like the day of her biggest movie debut to the point and still we're talking about the little things that seem to not matter yeah any excuse for luke to get to keep talking to lynn is absolutely fine yeah he was definitely uh fanboying over her <laughs> definitely yeah it was cute though uh so where where to even begin on this? I guess we'll sort of take it pace by pace, um, starting with tipping on takeout. This is a pretty obvious one, right? I mean, it was good wisdom. It's longtime wisdom on TBTL. If there's a line to tip, you tip. Yeah. 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 What do you think, Jeremy? I mean, I, that's kind of been 
my standard policy. If anyone's ever even known someone who works in a service job, mm-hmm. like it's it's a rough gig. Like if you can tip them, tip them. That's that's just part of the cost of doing business that way. Yeah, I, I've actually done the takeout, and it's almost. I mean, a server will argue that it's not because the people are sitting there and taking your time or whatever, but packaging up all that stuff is really hard work. It's annoying and you usually get paid less than a server. You, your only tip is usually what, if people remember to do that or if they're nice enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I but, also usually just think if I tipped everyone in that situation versus not, I'm probably going to come out about the same in quality of life at the end of the year or right. end of my life. <laughs> so if I if I lose an extra, you know, tens of dollars a year yeah. because I tipped every time I could have and maybe could have gotten away with not, I, I'm comfortable with the life choices I've made tipping. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Andrew's advice, though. And I, I think this has become common knowledge, though. Like, if there's a tip line, just write something in it. I feel like we need to have a life advice with Andy segment or like a little musical. Yeah. Unless you've been, <laughs> unless you've been drinking and it's a rude bartender and then you're going to write in a frowny face, <laughs> no frowny face. but you kind of earn the frowny face. Uh, I did want to issue an update. I went to the website for Geraldine's, which still is in exist. I wanted to make sure it was still open and that it hadn't mm-hmm. gone under because of a lack of people paying for fountain drinks. Right. <laughs> uh, it's still there, and a, a soda is still two fifty. So, which isn't that about a normal cost when you're sitting at a restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. And and Luke was right. talking about how oh, it's just a coffee cup, but it's probably just that they have earth-killing styrofoam cups. Lots of places still have that. So, Or they don't. They have just the regular because they probably have a thriving coffee business like espresso sure. that people take to go more often. Yeah. It's Seattle. <laughs> we don't use styrofoam. We just have really expensive coffee cups. You guys do like your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I know you wrote Was Luke Rude in the in the notes here i don't know that there's much to debate no i don't think he was rude except i mean to the person right but expecting free stuff he never never expect free stuff well but Kirsty, soda costs them quote negative 20 cents to me <laughs> we've had this discussion before ann and i did a whole clip show about where he is convinced that soda costs negative amount yeah, Coca-Cola and Pepsi are just paying you to sell Pepsi. Right. Well, it's just like when I got mad about him saying that the alcohol is free on a plane to the airlines. <laughs> this is like all part of Luke's worldview where like if he doesn't see the cost of it personally, he assumes someone's either getting it for free or finding some way around the system because that's the way he oh, thinks about it. That's a good point. <sighs> I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It- yeah, I just, you know, it's the same thing. You have to just be a good tipper and release desire. And if people do nice things for you, that's great. Right. Um, we've talked about in the past how in the South, like down where Mike and Emily live, getting a cold cup refill to go after a seated meal is not uncommon. Um, and I've asked for that up here sometimes, too. And it, it, it'll catch people off guard. But if they have the cups and I'm clearly a nice guy... 
mm-hmm. which I usually pretend pretty well. <laughs> they'll they'll do it. I mean, you know. So I think that's it. like you've already paid for a drink and you're asking for the extra accommodation of a to go cup versus this. Uh, hey, I'm I'm a good guy. I'll get you next time. <laughs> I've only heard of that with uh, to go cups. In New Orleans, when you get your drink to go, like an alcoholic beverage, well, that, but I've never... Yeah, that's a different ballgame. No, if I'm sitting drink. down at a, a fast, casual kind of, you know, your... Uh, like what? Nemo chain. Like the... Panera bread. Although, you know, if I started with a cup or a mug and then I switched uh-huh. to a cup to go, I wouldn't expect okay. to pay for another cup. Although that's a bad example because that's not a tipping place. Um, uh-huh. I want to say like an Applebee's, except I'm not going to go to an Applebee's. <laughs> Yeah, but that kind. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I anyway, if I'm at, if I'm at TGI Fridays, uh, because I got to get me some Jack Daniels glaze, and I mm-hmm. order my dinner, and and then I, you know, I I leave my tip, and then I say, oh hey, because I was drinking a Diet Coke the whole night or whatever, and they've refilled it three times without asking because that's what they do, and I say, hey, can I get a to go cup for my soda? I think they'd do it, you know, and that might be something that that you can ingratiate yourself to get versus them just saying, oh, we don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I already paid yeah. for a soda. I'm not expecting just a free one. And since it costs negative 20 cents, they can give you the cost of the cup. I am making them money by asking for that free <laughs> diet coke to go. <laughs> um, now we get into the Andrew rudeness. The Andrew story was weirder. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, could be said for just about anything that Andrew does. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm confused is he asking if he was rude or if the customer service person was rude i'm not sure a little of both a little of both maybe okay i don't have a good analysis of andrews i think it caught him off guard a little bit yeah oh i love how he can't it's it's like the hot dog story, right? He's like, okay, I go into this Hudson News and I'm buying some some nuts. I'm buying some pecans, and then he he starts, you know, going on with the story. He's like, actually, you know what? It wasn't pecans, it was cheese crackers <laughs> with peanut butter. And then of course Luke has to carb shame him. Whoa, that's full of carbs. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I mean, I, I clearly yes, the cashier was rude. I think that that's yes. easy enough. But but she also yeah, that, that's clear. Was was suffering a fate of humanity, <laughs> dealing with assholes in an airport all day. Right, yeah. and that's what Lynn said: is like the mature response is to just know that you don't work in the airport. And then, of course, Andrew said, "But that's my dream job." <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love to see Andrew with those those orange sticks. I would like to see him trained on those. <laughs> oh, I don't think he wants to do that. Don't you think that he wants to do something like work in the Hudson News? Oh, God. Or like clean up the little areas? Couldn't you see him doing that? I could see him doing a cleaning job. But I feel like if you're going to work in an airport, you need to do something that's unique to an airport. I mean, if you work at a Hudson News, you're just working at a 7-Eleven in an airport. Right. Right. Yeah. Which I think he said he would work in a store. Yes. Yes. But can't you, after this story, after just the example of him telling the story, I walked in this, this, and I got the pecans, only it wasn't pecans, it was actually a cracker. Can't you see him as an old man just, like, going to the local store and telling, I mean, he's your neighbor. Yeah. He's your neighbor in 30 years. And he's getting ready to pay in pennies for that <laughs> thing of I peanut butter crackers. I question the modifier there. I think he's your neighbor now. I think Andrew's such oh. an <laughs> old soul, but... 
I mean, yeah. we're, we're, he regularly tells stories about how he goes to the market every other day because that's the way he likes it. And <laughs> there is no time dilation needed. He is your neighbor. It's true. Yeah. Well, I, I do like that he has a job and a lifestyle that allows him to do that, to be to just go full Andrew. <laughs> just don't show us your scars from Korea. That's all <laughs> I ask. Uh, let's see here. Uh, is it rude that Luke just started eating the salad on Mike? Yes. 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 <laughs> in fr- well, and Lynn made a point. Eating in front of us and also eating on the microphone. Yes. Double rude. (laughs) Um, Jeremy, I have to ask you about this um, note of yours about the $10 return lady. Yeah. So I know uh, Chrissy was talking about um, like any times we had rude encounters. um, And this is that story from work that's just stuck with me and I can't get over it for one reason or another um it was this weird return that I was dealing with um from another store and I won't get into the details because the details don't really matter but this lady wanted a cash refund for a credit card purchase which our store just doesn't do um and she doesn't seem to accept that answer and she was convinced that that couldn't be possibly right because she used the debit card and it was probably a solid 30 minutes that took three different employees to help her figure out. Um, and I don't know if anyone was really rude in that situation, but it was something that like I would tell and then people would be like, oh, well, I feel so bad for her. And in the moment, I was like, come on, lady, just get with the thing. And I don't know, it just kind of came up as I was thinking about this, then the whole retail people and service people and how something can look one way from one point of view and look another way from another point of view. I mean, even going back to the story Andrew was talking about, um, it could just be a weird day for that lady. And it's, you just kind of never know what's going on for someone. Yeah. For context, let everyone know if you're okay, letting everyone know, where do you work? Uh, yeah, so I worked and actually still work um, for Old Navy. Um, I'm a retail sales associate, um, so you kind of get a little bit of everyone in there <laughs> looking for cheap clothes. Sure. Um, I have more than my fair share of Old Navy clothes because I um, I'm I spill things. <laughs> <laughs> I can't have nice things. And that's not to say that things still maybe aren't nice things. Some of them are, but they're also easily replaceable. <laughs> yeah. I would say like 80% of my wardrobe is Old Navy. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds about right for me too. Yeah, you picked the right <laughs> podcast for that. So maybe we could work out a sponsorship deal. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I, have, I have Banana Republic dreams, but I have them on an Old Navy budget. So the fact that they're the same company... <laughs> Helps out a lot. That really works Wait. for you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I definitely don't have a Banana Republic body. Uh, me neither. I have yeah. that problem. Yeah. I don't even think they make a double XL slim cut. No. I think they make medium <laughs> slim cut. <laughs> Christy, did you have a customer service experience you wanted to share while we were on this? I have. I guess I have. 
a lifetime of them just because I worked <laughs> customer service uh, for AT&T Wireless when Oof. internet phones started to become a thing. So everybody is terrible. But the worst one I would have to say is I was promoted and I worked for a tech support of a, of a specific website that you could only get to if your company paid for your phone. So that is like lots and lots of layers of like, so if you were a vice president at Microsoft, you would get to use this website. Someone, an end user, just like some dude found the the website of his company and wanted to use it and it kicked him out because he can't get a free phone from this website and he called me and said the the site's broken and then I told him well no you actually can't use it but here's another site that you can and I think you get 10% off and he called me the c-word and just went off on me and so I had to report him to because he told me where he works so I reported him to his telecom manager who is in charge of all the phones and he definitely I got feedback that he definitely got in trouble because he had this like quote unquote illegal website that he wasn't supposed to be using and that he was abusive to customer service so that's just one but I mean basically I worked 60 hours a week for two years and took a lot of abuse from that. Uh, I've been on both ends of terrible customer service situations. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think, so we had talked about this yesterday, me and Christy, about what I might tell for a story of when I've gotten bad customer service or or retaliated against bad customer service. It's not the story I'm going to tell, but Christy did mention the time that I walked into a Papa John's just to buy garlic butter. <laughs> Did you buy like eight of yeah. them? You got breadsticks and ordered ten garlic well, butters. I've, I've done that plenty of times because I think <laughs> that's fair game if you buy something legitimately off the menu. But no, the story I think you're thinking of is the time that we got pizza from the Pawtucket House of Pizza, which is <laughs> right. kitty corner to a Papa John's and has infinitely better pizza than Papa John's, but no garlic butter. So I before I went to pick up the pizza from P-Hop, as we affectionately call it, uh, I went over to Papa John's and just tried to buy, they're like 50 cents a piece, so I just tried to buy like a bunch of, because I'm not going to buy them every time I want pizza. I buy a bunch and I put it in the fridge and then there's just, it's there. If I'm sad or have some you drink it. have some boring <laughs> carbohydrates in the house, then that, yeah. So I went over there and I tried to buy them and the manager of that particular location is there and he just stares at me and he goes... Why Why are you just buying garlic butter? And I was like, first I said, you know, it's, it's really good. <laughs> and then he's like, but it goes with the pizza. And I was like, oh, no, we already we already got a pizza. I just, and I was trying to be vague. And I was like, we already got a pizza, but uh, I just didn't get any garlic butter. And he was like, oh, well, if we forgot your garlic butter, just let me know your order and I'll just give you your garlic butter. I'd be happy to help. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. I got it from, and then I was caught. And so I said, <sighs> I got it from another Papa John's. Because there's, there's one closer to our house than this one. And then he just stared at me and he was like, why would you only buy our garlic butter? He got really mad, but they did sell me the garlic butter because I'm a paying customer. They're not going to not sell me the garlic butter. I mean, the, the garlic butters cost negative 20 cents. <laughs> I mean, I probably would just go in with 20 bucks and say, fill her up. Yeah. 
Just keep it coming until this is gone. In my dreams, the garlic butter fountain's actually out with us, so you can get as many free refills <laughs> as you want. <laughs> they don't care about it. They give it. They get it for free. Big Butter provides it. But yeah, Jeremy, yeah. have you had this Papa John's pizza? I have. Um, it was one of the many chains that my family would order through from growing up, and the garlic butter is definitely the best part. Yeah. Yes. The pizza's fine. The fine. the garlic yeah. breadsticks are better because it takes the the okay sauce off and puts the garlic butter in its place. Right. <laughs> uh all right. So uh I the story I was thinking of is was me being on the customer service end of this, and I, I say this a lot. I feel like Luke. I feel like I only have ten stories, but I can't remember <laughs> if I've told this one out here before. But so I work in the arts, I work in the classical music world and um when I was in Buffalo, I, I used to work in the development department, the fundraising department at the Buffalo Philharmonic. And uh, like any good classical orchestra, there is a small handful of rich, entitled people who think that they should get anything they want at any time. Uh, and in the concert hall in Buffalo, the most coveted seats are the front row of the balcony. And unless somebody dies, those subscription seats are taken for years and years and years um, and it's very rare that you can get a seat in the front row of the balcony. Um, there is a rich family who I, I'm not going to name, but anyone in Buffalo will be able to figure it out. And it, it's three brothers and three sisters. <laughs> the sisters are gone. I've made it very clear who it is now for locals. Um, the brothers are still all around. And I got a call from one of the wives of one of the brothers. I think actually, yeah, it was a wife or a girlfriend of one of the you know, longtime partner of one of the brothers and it's subscription renewal time. And she's complaining about her and her partner's seats. They're in the uh, third or second row. And she's going on and on about how they've been major donors for years and years, and they deserve to be in the front row. And I, I hear this a lot. So I'm like, yes, we really appreciate your support. There's only so many seats in the front row. We can, you know, we can't make more. I wish we could. I wish we had enough for everyone. Just pretty standard answers. And then she just pauses and she goes, look, before I was with this brother, I used to date and was with his brother, one of the other three. Oh, no. It's a small oh. town. Uh, and oh, now oh. he comes with his new woman. And they sit in the front row. And I am going to kill someone if I have to look through her hair to see the orchestra <laughs> for another year. <sighs> And that was it. That's the only time anybody's ever used that argument with me. Did it work? I moved it to the other side. I didn't have any front row seats. I really would have given them to you. Some seats? You didn't invent some seats? Yeah, I'm going to go out there and just build a couple of seats. <laughs> but she was dead serious and so angry. And I was trying to both not laugh and just sort of choke on the shock of the moment. I still laugh when I think about it. I didn't know what to tell her. I'm like, ah, I don't know. So... Small town, Buffalo. Old mentor used to say, Buffalo is not so much a small city as a large living room. It's very incestuous. <laughs> it's very weird. We, everyone says Seattle is a big little town because everyone has dated people or knows someone who went to high school with them or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially in the rich, like, especially once you, which is the kind of level that you're talking about right with major donors yeah because they all you know they all 
they all, their own. They breed in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, who else are you going to run into at the beach club or the tennis club or right. the oh, old gee. white people club? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, talking about jobs, um, it, they got into a talk about your first jobs, and I think we should get into that too. Um, okay. Christy, your first job wasn't the AT&T job. You've had a lot of jobs. Yep. I've had a lot of jobs, Bobby. Um, my first real job, of course, everybody babysat, but my first real job was at Wendy's. Ooh. I know. Wendy's actually in Bellevue. You know you were like probably a fetus at the time, but... Um... <laughs> I was, by the way, uh, Jeremy, you must be around the same age as Addie, right? Have we done this math? Uh, I am... We are within a couple days of each other. My birthday is actually in February um, of the same year as Addie. So we are within a couple days of being the same age. I'm always amazed by 10s who are around the same age as Addie because that means developmentally you were getting Luke the same way she was getting Luke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. And yet you still love him like she does. And that's really thoughtful and touching. Anyway, yeah. uh, tell us about Wendy's in Bellevue. <laughs> oh, God. It was in Overlake. Um, oh. By the, oh, Crossroads. Over by Crossroads. Oh, oh, oh. Was, I know that one. Yeah, it was right next to an arcade. I don't know. The arcade's probably gone because those don't exist anymore. So a lot of people my age. I was 15 when I started. I just Which checked. also doesn't happen anymore. By the way, that arcade, 90% likely it's a vape shop. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. It's right over by the Wajamayas and like all that stuff. I don't know. Oh, uh, Wajamaya's um, not there anymore. Oh, Oh, geez. I haven't been to Bellevue at all. It's a Trader Joe's now. And I don't know why I picked that one because I was so far from my house because I lived in Redmond. I was 15, so I couldn't actually get myself to this job. Um, It was a lot of polyester. I I wished that I could be like Lynn and work the grill because any job where I didn't have to interact with, with the public, it was my favorite. So prepping food, doing the dishes... Um, anything without taking orders, I would like to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But, um, let's see. An embarrassing moment was the one and only time, this is like kind of a Luke story, but the one and only time I worked the drive-thru, the cash register wouldn't actually tell you how much was due back to the customer. You would put in the amount they gave you and it wouldn't tell you. And I just kind of threw a handful of coins back at the person and it ended up being a counselor at my high school and she counted it out and she goes oh you actually gave me 15 cents too much and then proceeded to teach me how to count change and then it was oh, so mortifying and i'm like okay i'm out i i can't do the drive through anymore so that that's so that. they they sent you back to defingering the chili well, I could work the front one because it would tell you how much money to give back. <laughs> uh, and Jeremy, first job? Uh, believe it or not, it was with Old Navy um, at the Crossroads Mall of all places. Uh, small world. Uh, yeah, it was uh, It was the summer, uh, actually probably right around the time I started listening to TBTL and I needed a job for the summer, so I applied at, like, 12 different places all around that area, and I got an interview with Old Navy, and no one else seemed to be biting, so I said, hey, I like Old Navy, works for me. Um, And then 
all throughout high school and college, um, they were actually a great company to work for because they were super accommodating with uh, working around your schedule to get you uh, scheduled that would work. So I just kind of kept with it um, and I'm still there to the day. That's awesome. I have also been to that Old Navy multiple times. I've, I feel like, um, was that the first one in Washington, maybe? Uh, no, the uh, Fifth and Pine location, the, oh, the uh, store. big huge. store downtown was the first one in Washington. Um, but that store was one of the first to be remodeled in Washington. Okay. The, that's what talk about, or um, Bobby talked about spilling things. What's nice is I work near enough to that if something happens at work i can just go down and get a cheap t-shirt if <laughs> that happens and i have multiple times um i keep i keep an emergency change of clothes in my office i keep um like a t-shirt and and uh like a couple of scrubby t-shirts and extra undershirts and then i keep a full suit or sport coat and shirt and tie ready just in case cuz i go into work People know I think I work alone or, like, I have office mates, but I'm the only person for my company. If I don't have any meetings, like, today I went in in, like, a scrubby shirt and a Bill's cap because who cares? Nobody's going to mm-hmm. see me. But I always <laughs> have that moment where, like, oh, shit, I have to run out and see a downer or go do something important. Um, so I keep a suit and some hair gel and, like, I can make the transformation in a hurry. And also, if I spill something on myself, then I just have to come home dressed up. And so if I come home dressed up... Sam will know that I either had a big important meeting or I had a messy lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's none of her business what the answer to that is. Oh, no. Really. no. <laughs> Both could be true. Right. <laughs> uh, my first jobs, I was a hustler as a kid. So the very first way I tried to make money was I clipped coupons. This was like at four years old. And then I tried to sell them to my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> for less than the face value of the savings of the coupon which is illegal by the way but you know i made like a couple i made a couple of bucks before anybody stopped me um and then bobby can i tell you real quick that i uh was in on a scam when i worked at olive garden hopefully the statue of limitations is up on this what would happen is there would be a five dollar off coupon in the sunday papers for olive garden so what we would do is go and take all of those coupons out of all of the newspaper boxes as soon as they got stacked and then sell them to the servers for $3. <laughs> and then they would not give them to the customers and they would take it off the bill. And then keep the two bucks. Yep. To keep the two bucks oh. difference. That's pretty slick. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Uh I think anyone in food service has figured out the ways to kind of yes. <laughs> cheat the corners on a check. Yeah. I mean, this is just like, um, you know, Luke was talking about if you're the designated driver, you probably get a free soda. If you go into a bar and you're drinking, you probably get your sodas for free. Mm-hmm. I've noticed if I'm at, again, like a TGI Fridays type institution and I get dinner and they don't put the sodas on the bill, I will usually end up tipping more as a yeah, thank you and too. also to tip on the mm-hmm. amount that would have been if the sodas were there. You should always tip on the amount if you have a coupon or they take something off because of mistake. Exactly. So because they still did the work. So, yes. uh, you know, everybody wins a little bit there and they just don't make their no, they're still making their 20 cents on the soda. So it's fine. Everybody wins. <laughs> um, speaking of soda, my first job that I talked myself into 
talk someone into hiring me for was when I was in second grade. Uh, there was an auto shop down the street from my house that had a glass bottle Coke machine. And every Saturday I would go restock it and I would get paid 50 cents and a Coke. Um, oh. Which in hindsight, wow. I was really getting the short end of that because it was probably an hour of work. <laughs> but uh, as an eight-year-old, I thought that was pretty great. Um, Bobby, I feel like you lived in a depression <laughs> film, like a Shirley Temple or Old Rascal film. No, I just had a lack of observant parenting, so I had a lot of free time to figure these things out. Uh, I My first real, real, real job was working in a, a, a group home for um, developmentally disabled residents, which was fun, actually, because I got to cook and clean and be good company, and, and that was all good. But after that, I got a job at a coffee shop. That was my big high school job, and that was the customer service grind of, like, being nice to the old ladies to get a better mm-hmm. tip and <laughs> – um, putting a little extra whipped cream on a drink, you know, for, for teenagers to get an extra tip and yeah. coming home smelling like burnt coffee and burnt milk all the time. Mm. Um, but mm. I worked coffee into college and that hustle when I got to Buffalo was even more pronounced because I worked at a place called spot coffee in downtown Buffalo. There's a few locations of it. And that's the kind of place that was, you know, big in the nineties. And it was sort of, the vibe that the staff was too cool for you. And so not very nice to you. And we would just put the most aloof, um, ditzy, attractive girl on the cash register because we split the tip jar at the end of the night. (laughs) So yeah, basically if whoever wore the lowest cut shirt and was willing to be kind of mean all night, straight, straight to the front (laughs) for the good of the staff. Like it, and and then she never had to make coffee. So yeah, exactly. Like, Everybody wins because it sounds like an easy job, but steaming milk sucks. Yeah, it does. I loved, and it was kind of like working the grill. I loved having a whole lineup of drinks and keeping everything flowing. And you know, this was back when we still pulled our own shots. This wasn't uh, just a machine where you press Starbucks, the buttons. Yeah. And yeah, it was fun, but yeah, boy, it got exhausting. And then we would go out drinking after and Buffalo bars are open till four. So I'd get back to my dorm at like five in the morning drunk. And then I would miss my morning classes. And then I realized <laughs> how all of my stoner coffee shop colleagues were doing it because they weren't going to school or doing anything else with their lives. <laughs> uh, but the job I liked the most, and this is kind of like with Lynn talking about her excelling, working the grill. I liked I worked at a sandwich shop for like half a year and I would go in in the morning with my iPod and my earbuds and just be handed a to-do list of like make coleslaw, slice lunch meat, slice the fresh bread, whatever. And I just had to be done by 11 o'clock and it didn't matter what I did or when and nobody bothered me. And that was the best. (laughs) If that job paid enough to pay actual bills, I would still have that job. Yeah. Food prep is the best. (laughs) So easy. Just. Um, Mainlining coffee and and music the whole time. Yeah. What I love is that Lynn has the mantra still to this day, well, to 2013, that if she can manage a grill at Kid Valley during a rush, then she can do anything. And I think we should all have something like that. She, Her and Andrew should have a, a life coach podcast together. <laughs> Oh, that would be so great. I know. <laughs> Life lessons with Lynn and Andy or something. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, I'm guessing by process of elimination, your your favorite job has been Old Navy. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess that would have to be accurate. <laughs> and you've liked it long enough to be there for some time now, so I, it's not a judgment. You just haven't suffered a world of shitty jobs like Christy and I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is true, and I, I guess that's kind of weird for my generation. You know, I'm a millennial. We're the people who change jobs every two minutes, or so the newspapers would have you believe, but... Yeah, it's uh, actually been pretty great as far as a young person trying to find their way in this crazy game called Life Goes. So I've stuck with it, and it's worked for me. It's a trick question in there. Millennials don't read newspapers. (laughs) (laughs) What he means is he saw a quiz on Facebook that asked if he was X or millennial or whatever that weird uh, like dead zone is that they can't name yet. Yeah. Right. Which thank I think, thank Bobby, you for you translating, Christy. <laughs> I think you fall into the weird dead zone, right, I, Bobby? I think we know that in my heart of hearts, I'm a member of the greatest generation. Right, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say baby boomers, but at least you were honest yeah. with yourself. <laughs> uh, Christy, did you have a, a job you excelled at before you go, or is it is it right now? Is it managing keeping, yeah, sh- I would... keeping the monsters <laughs> out of the snacks at, at your day job? <laughs> I would say just my, um, when I was the personal assistant to the old guy, Yeah, I was really good at that. And a lot of it was because from 9 until 12 was when we worked. He went to lunch from 12 to 2, and then he came back drunk and passed out until 5 o'clock when I turned all the lights off. So there was that. But just I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I managed $300 million. Um, I got to meet a lot of people do a lot of exciting things um like i just had an unlimited budget which is always nice and managed a house staff of people that were normal and then really crazy so that was fun yeah and Um, and you know what they say if you can work all day and manage to not see your boss's testicles you can do anything (laughs) yeah (laughs) if you can uh, yeah, if you can manage your boss after he pooped his pants, you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, do you skip for that about There is a mantra. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So I would say that. Uh, speaking of that, it's probably time for a little housekeeping, huh? Oh, right. The archiving raffle. We have had a, um, a couple people come on the show and say what they what they've received in leg, wagons full of loot we have more wagons on their way to their owners or their winners i guess we should call them so what you do to get into this fabulous contest is every day that you complete your name gets put into a contest and we draw that at the first of the month and then a wagon of loot magically shows up on your doorstep hopefully Yes, you know, <laughs> we've had issues. Yeah, so. it's uh, Maybe. it's worth noting. So, uh, Sarah Settlemeyer just recently received her wagon full of loot. Now she won a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. but her wagon full of loot came from Anne, and therefore was legally obligated to have baked goods in it. And we, I think Anne had to wait for the heat spell to pass so yes. she could send it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> getting a box full of melted chocolate. Is not is not happy. Like that's not a good thing. So uh, um, yeah, Bob Stein's got one coming from one of us. Secret, ooh, to be determined. <laughs> Summer Aldrin has one coming from us. Secret, to be determined, and more will be coming. So 
Yes. Yeah. Um, if what? I could just take a minute to make a pitch for the archiving project uh, yes, beyond please. the amazing opportunity to run the win these wonderful wagons full of loot, uh, it's actually a really great way to listen to TBTL and find some hidden gems. Um, this is actually uh, the Lynn Shelton interview is actually a show that I archived and. That's how I rediscovered it, and I've just had some great experiences going back and listening to these old shows and really kind of reliving those days and finding some things that you've forgotten about. I mean, there are over 2,000 of these things, Um, and if you're looking for a way to really kind of experience it, I can't think of a better way to do it. Well put. Thank you. and maybe since we're coming up on 3,000, maybe you can kind of make a soft promise that you'll come up for that, for the 3,000th show. Very <laughs> soft promise, but I will see what I can do. Christy, I All think right. I'm understanding why he's your favorite Jeremy now. Why? Gold Star Archivist, amazing, very non-millennial pitch about how great archiving <laughs> is. <laughs> if we could get the commitment down, Jeremy number five would really be in trouble. I know. Well, also, let's not let's not overlook the old Navy discount yeah. that he probably gets. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I think we just mathematically de- determined that I could be his mother. So let's. let's it, it went to creepy town. Well, All right. <laughs> okay. If I had been a lot more promiscuous and dumb in high school. Uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> The Amazon link, go to littleredbandwagon.com slash, no, yeah, slash Amazon and buy stuff. And uh, we also have some really cool merch on our site. Just go to littleredbandwagon.com and shop and it's all there. It's really cool. We're often putting up new stuff. So go there and buy stuff or give us some ideas of what to, to put on there. Yep. Mike just Bobby. realized that he is uh, not as nearly as big as he used to be. And you can see that by a picture he recently put in the Stens page of him with his gigantic hoodie. Those hoodies are so nice. <laughs> I got one as well. But when he ordered the 2XL, I was like, Mike, I don't know. I just saw you. You're maybe an L <laughs> if you want it to be baggy, yeah. <laughs> which is nice, right? That feels nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a good step in the right direction right uh you can find us online again at littleredbandwagon.com we're in the stens page occasionally but the better place to find us on facebook is little red bandwagon uh the show twitter's lrb podcast jeremy what's a good way for people to find you uh probably facebook is the best way um that's where i'm most active uh if you want to see a bunch of weird fandom stuff uh message me out my Tumblr, E.J.'s, and we can talk about maybe getting the keys to the kingdom on that one. But really, Facebook is the best Ooh. place to go. It's mostly cute pictures of my cats and pictures of weird projects I'm working on. So you can search for Jeremy Hour, or you can do facebook.com slash helvetica.carabiner, but not facebook.com slash Calibri Piton, because i got to work on that one. <laughs> you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Christy, I can actually say we don't get to do this very often. I get to throw to Christy for Christy's part. Why don't you get us out of yes. here? 
Until next time, this is the next party. And we love you, everyone. Be polite and tip. <laughs> Nailed it. Tell us about that cheese.